0: And welcome to your Tuesday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. A day late, but still sounding great, of course, after which Town played live on ITV4 against non-league Bracknell Town in the first round of the FA Cup last night. Nothing could go wrong, and in the end, nothing did go wrong. They eased to a 3-0 win, and we're all here to break that down today. Mark Heath with the three kings who would be top of my Christmas card list if I still sent Christmas cards, old-fashioned. Um, and that is of course Mike Bacon Stewart, Watson, Andy Warren Stewart, the Dr Watson. how the bloody ruddy hell are you?
1: Me Yeah you specifically <laughs> me okay yeah. yeah I'm I'm very well, thank you.
0: You uh, the reason I come to you first is because you were just showing you have already started buying Christmas presents and that was a Christmas themed intro. So uh, yeah, did you did the kids still do that by the way? I used to hate that at school when your parents used to make you write Christmas cards and give them to
1: the other kids in school. Is that still a thing? Um, becoming less of a thing. I'm not sure like it's, Yeah, it's become a bit of a 50-50 split, I think.
0: It was used to get political as well, didn't it? I don't want to give Johnny a, a card. He's a bell end, And then Johnny gives you one. And then you've got to give him one. And then it all goes around and people will miss that. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Hutchie, you've also got a young child. Will she be giving out Christmas cards at school this year?
2: Uh, it's not been discussed yet. But my vivid memory of Christmas cards at school <laughs> is my friend Dave, who uh, one year, sent a Christmas card to a, a girl in our class, year three, this was, called, called Fran. And at the bottom, he just put, P.S., I hate you, at the bottom of, <laughs> the, bottom of the card. And, it, and that, that stirred up some politics, because there was, the following Christmas, there was some real discussion over whether Christmas cards should be allowed to be sent, whether Dave was allowed to send mm-hmm. Christmas cards. I think he then went and spent a year in New Zealand, actually, with his family after that. So I don't know if that was kind of banishment. This wasn't um, egg mayonnaise, but, Dave, was it? Uh, no, Sam, Sam is egg mayonnaise. Ah, okay, um, cool. Yeah, eggy, eggy mayo. He's a good name, he's, a good, of course, he's, a good night,
0: he's Nowadays, of course, Dave would have been expelled or at least suspended for that kind of uh, language in a Christmas card to a fellow student. Uh, Mike, I imagine you've sent lots of cards in your lifetime. I also imagine that you'd make an excellent Father Christmas.
3: How are you? I'm very well thank you Heath Yes very much so I, I think I uh, Well I would make a good father I never actually wanted to do the job Though to be honest To be a father Christmas I did go I got shortlisted once But um, there was a bit of a There was a bit of a hoo-ha Over it to be honest I won't go into it But at the end of the day It was a case of Well I, wouldn't go, I won't go into it Because it's a father Christmas thing But I used to send Valentine cards at Christmas Which I always felt Was quite a, a nice thing to do Because it's sort of I got the Valentine cards Out there early I'd see who responded And then I was ready For Valentine's Day If you see what I mean OK, I'll um, make a complete fool of myself on Valentine's Day, sending cards to people who weren't interested.
0: Testing the pool early. Nice. Mm. Like it from Bacon. And of course, you won't go into the Father Christmas thing because it's total right. nonsense. You've just completely made it up anyway. <laughs> um, where where were you going to be Father Christmas? Might just have interest. Sorry? Where were you going to be Father Christmas? You said you
3: were on a short list. Well, I was not short I was short shortlist at, um, well, it was, it was my school, actually, and um, I went back to school. I was invited back as uh, because I've been one of the students who have been a successful student at my school. You know, you have little boards where they say, these successful students, and my name was up there, successful student. <laughs> well, I know it was up there because I put it up there because there was a friend of mine, Paul, who used to work for uh, the Rugby League England, and his name was up there with a little little, you know, a little plaque, and I went back to school one day for something else for a, for a fate, I think it was, and mine, I wasn't there, my name, so I made my own plaque and went back and put it up. And that was where the hoo-ha started. Then I'm on the short list of Father Christmas, and someone queried why my plaque was there because it wasn't there last week.
0: Your ability to craft stories never fails to amaze me, Mike. Someone said, actually, that you should go, you should be our KOA representative on Would I Lie to You? Um, and I think that you'd be made for that. You'd be akin to Bob Morton as like the god of that show. Mm. And I think you'd be right up there with your creative raconteur ability. Um, anyway, friends, thanks for joining me today. Let's talk about Ipswich Town at Bracknell last night, shall we? Live on ITV4, like I say. Job done, professional job done. Um, but what I'm more interested in, really, than the game itself and, and the score and who played well, which is all a bit, meh, is the occasion itself. Because this kind of game is the only thing that you get in FA Cup games, especially at this stage. Town at this minnow of a side. We've had the boys on, obviously, from Bracknell. It looked great on TV. Um, so boys, Andy and Stewie, what what was it like actually, actually being there? Because if you've not watched game day, go back and watch it because Rossi's done a brilliant job giving a a flavor of the the sights and the sounds of the day. And one of the the things I was most excited about uh, and pleased to see was Andy's little face reviewing wings and tings, which genuinely Andy is, I think the happiest I've ever seen you. Most excited and animated, reviewing this Wings and Things, which you'd be very keen to ask KNSB about on our shows. So uh, take us away, Hutchy. What, what was it like for you?
2: Do you want Do you want to start? Should we just start with Wings and Things? Absolutely, just, we should. Yeah, with that. Um, I think Wings and Things needs to expand and grow out of its current form because it because it's exceptional. Um, exceptional Ipswich Town's fan zone could learn a thing or two from that they should be a staple at festivals I'm sure they are uh and big events because they were really really tasty and I really enjoyed it and that's my one takeaway from from the night and I've got nothing else to nothing else to add really about the Bracknell game um just some very very tasty chicken wings Talk me
0: through it then. Why was it? Why was it so tasty? Are we, as the name suggests, were they chicken wings? Were there any other parts of the chicken available? What was it served with? What were the sauce? What were the flavours mellowing well, in a, your mouth?
2: Well, there was a, well, there was a whole board of sauces. Yeah, yes, it was chicken wings. There, there is, the mark of a good kind of street food place is a small menu, small and focused. And that's what wing. I'm just going to get the picture up to remind myself. That's what wings and Tings was. It was very focused. You could have some chicken wings. Or you could have some sort of boneless, boneless version of that um, with, a, with a few bits of bobs on the side. Came with, came with some chips. They were very nice. But it's the flavours of the sauces that that did it for me. I had the Ting, which is their original sauce. Spicy, sweet, smoky, delicious, the best selling hot sauce. Very nice. Then there's Buffalo Honey tom, tom Yum, which I believe is what you had, Stu um teriyaki smoky barbecue jamaican jerk or the extra hot mango scotch which we stayed away from but um yeah very very good and... i
0: loved it i genuinely loved it if you've not go if you're not seen it go back and watch that little review because if you want to see hotchi reaching peak excitement at a time when you can only reach with kits i thought go back and watch that so you were standing next to him when he was uh, he was shaking with excitement
1: about the chicken you had a tom yum what was that like very nice. Very nice indeed. Listeners might be thinking, oh, they're giving wings and tings a bit of publicity here. They clearly <laughs> got a freebie. We didn't. Now, this, this was 10 pound a portion. So Ooh. not, not cheap, but, um, and Stu, I've lost good. my, re-
2: I've lost my receipt. So I can't claim it back through work either, which is, but I don't care on this. No occasion. Regrets. No regrets.
0: I think that would have exceeded the expenses you allowed for a meal. Anyway, boy, so I'd have rejected it clearly. Um, Stewie, did you have a German sausage as well?
1: I didn't. No. Mm. Um, Ross Ross had a German sausage.
0: Good, excellent. That's also on the uh, the game day, isn't it? What about the occasion then, Stew? Talk to me about the wider occasion because you'd said very clearly you wanted foil wrapped FA Cup cutouts. We got plenty of those. <clears throat> you wanted the the kind of special cup magic feel. Did you get it?
1: I did. Yeah. <clears throat> I was in the pub over the road before the game. I went to meet a friend who lives in that that part of the world and um there a few Ipswich fans in there and uh, immediately um, a, a young Ipswich fan came over to uh, to show me his tin foil wrapped cardboard cut out FA Cup proudly which was nice. Um word had got out that that I was keen to keen to <laughs> see some and the people delivered. Um, so there was plenty of those waving about on the night so that was the first uh Box ticked. It felt to me walking into that ground like I was experiencing a piece of football heritage, something that I've watched from afar on TV over the years, but um, have never actually been part of myself. And it suddenly felt like walking onto like a film set almost, something that you've seen from afar. Had the the, um, the scaffolding put up behind the goals with with the, with the cameramen sort of perched on top. A uh, ground surrounded by sort of trees and, mm. and fans all packed in. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's something that Ipswich haven't experienced for a, for a long, long time and, and probably and hopefully won't experience, um, for a long, long time going forwards again. So, um, yeah, it was different, it was interesting, but it was, um, it was a reminder to me that there's still a lot of romance left in this competition in, in the early stages, it's, it's lost as you get into the latter rounds, no doubt about it. But, um, yeah, it was ni- nice to be involved in last night. Lots of smiles all round, I think. I thought the trees especially looked great on the
0: TV, swaying in the wind, a reminder of, of where they were playing. Hutchie, um, talk to me more about the occasion and, and the surroundings you found yourself in. Again, on game day, there's footage of the, of the, the town players and, and coaches walking in the dark to the ground, which is a, which is a new one for them. Bloomer's one of the KOA Fan social guys, one of the KOA Army, tweeted a picture of the the route to the away end, which basically looks like a cross between a horror film and a, a trudge through a forest into the dark. Um, and also, I noticed in your post-game reaction, boys, you you, uh, you were subbed on for Ian Wright and Darren Bent at some point as well.
2: Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, that, that was part of the game experience and uh, a, a useful substitution it was. But it, it felt like kind of approaching the game, it felt like everyone was going to a fireworks display. That's kind of how it felt to me, like the odd puddle, some trees, different routes through the trees. Um, Cause yeah, there, there was some tickets that needed to be collected from Ipswich fans at one gate. And you could get in at another one and that was a little path through, through the trees. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of dark trudge down a path um, for the, for the team to get there is what, what all the fans did to get there before the game, but the team did it too, which is a bit different for them. And that was a, uh, that was fun and all part of it, but when when you got through the trees, when you got to the fireworks display, you got um. It's quite. It's a pretty modern football club. This is this isn't kind of a, some quaint old football club here. This is a this is a football club who are modern. they they've got some great facilities. The ground is all very sturdy. Mike, you'll know um non-league grounds. Some are great, some are not so great. This is in the great category. Everything very solid. Um black is their colour for the for the ground. It's all it's all black. Um nice identity. The bar looks really nice, sort of glass fronted bar, um bar area. Um and the festival that Kane told us was going to be uh the feel for this. I think I think that's fair. It was um wings and tings helped that, but there was like music and uh like temporary bars that you see put up at festivals, marquees that were put up at either end um horrific Portaloo toilets <laughs> uh, everything everything you'd want and expect from a fifth those port-a-loo toilets in pitch black Ooh. are tough to negotiate but i got Ooh. it done
0: good i'm glad to hear you shouldn't you shouldn't hold
2: it in it's bad for you no you shouldn't um, Ross does that. he's a he's a holder in a that boy will turn a, him
0: he'll turn him inside out one day
2: He'll pay for it, won't he? It's Absolutely, not, he will it's in later not, life. You can't do that for any period of time and get away with it. The arrogance of youth. Uh,
0: Mike, me and you are both useful, Obviously, we're watching at home. What did you make it as a spectacle? Because it, it was that kind of magic of the FA Cup sort of game, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was, and uh, yeah, it it looked good on on TV as well. Actually, it reminded me. Uh, actually, the ground actually reminded me of Burgess Hill, which is down in Sussex. They're a, a non-league ground, lots of trees around it, and I I liked. <laughs> Andy, I love that assessment of walk to a firework display. That's that's brilliant. Oh, I mean, that is exactly how I imagined it was. I wasn't there, obviously, but I've been to play in non League grounds. But yes, you you approach these places from all sorts of different angles. You, there's never a huge, big concrete area in front of the, the main sort of area you walk into. You invariably nip through a back gate or, or or perhaps just um well, like I say, just walk just just walks through the trees. It looked good on TV. Um I say, well. I imagine your views, boys, weren't as quite as special as you have perhaps at some of the other League One ground stroke, championship stroke, even Premier League grounds, which I know some of you boys have been to. Um, I noticed Stu said in one of his um, tweets, I believe it's something like, I think that's half-time. I didn't see much of the
1: actual town goal, to be honest, at like one end. Um, so would taken it <clears throat> like a small port. It was like a little mini stand that was ran along the <clears throat> length of the penalty box that Ipswich attacked in the second half. And they turned that into the sort of media stand for the night. Obviously, a lot of media uh, interest in the game, ITV covering it, talk sport were there, um, BBC, Home and Away, various different people. Um, and they put us in there, but uh, we were about, what, two, three rows back from there. And, um, yeah, fans weren't really meant to be standing in, in front of that bit, but they did start to spill out in front of there, which is fine. Um, they're more important than us, clearly, but it meant that Andy and I couldn't see the goal to our far right-hand side, the goal that Ipswich were attacking in the first half. So um, there were some times, Brenner Woolley on BBC co was just behind us with um, Stuart Ainsley, that they just had to hold their hands up and say something's happening in that far <laughs> corner. Not really sure what. Um, and that was kind of our, our view of the game in the first half. But um, all that changed after the break. Mm. Yeah, that that is
2: where the quick nimble feet of Andy and Stu, quick thinking. Because uh, like ten ten minutes into the first half, obviously everyone would have watched at home and would have seen that Darren Bent and Ian Wright and were with Mark Pugach for for the game. So sort of ten minutes into the, the first half, once they'd finished doing their intro to the bit, they'd made their way all around the ground and they had the back row of this uh this stand that Stu mentioned, and, and you can stand on the back row, obviously, because there's nobody nobody behind you. Um and, uh, but they didn't reappear for the second half. I think they might have found some. They might have found a, a better, a better vantage point than that somewhere. But we uh, we were very quick to nip in there, an upgrade. And when we got there, not only did we find that we could see both goals, um, and that there was a desk for a laptop, laptops to go on. There was also a screen with the game being played and replays on it. So we were living like living like kings in the second half. Famine to all. feast.
1: Yeah. It's not the best double substitution, is it? When you're taking off Ian Wright and Darren Bent, how many goals have they got between them? How much would they be worth in today's game? And then you're bringing on Watson and Warren for the second half.
0: Yeah, but can't could Darren Bent write a live match report? I doubt it. Could he? Could uh, Ian Wright give you sensible ratings within minutes of the, the final?
2: He was living the game, though. No, he? no, he could no he couldn't. He couldn't mm. he couldn't file those things for the newspaper. Um but he was loving it. I just hear from behind, just here, he was you could hear him kind of bouncing on his heels and those, he was loving Kyle Edwards and he was loving Kane Vincent Young. Every time they got the ball, he was just like, Wow, wow. And he was properly kind of living living the game. Um he did have to ask whether it went straight to penalties or a replay or not. So <laughs> I've quite questioned the research <laughs> that maybe went into the, the tie before it happened. But um he was loving the game and um yeah when he arrived and he arrived at the ground through the through the trees Mm. the welcome that he got was incredible like Ian Wright right, right, from so many people were absolutely buzzing to see Ian Wright and then this one little voice just went because he arrived with Darren Bent this one little voice just went hi Darren and uh, (laughs) and, and And that was you yeah just like (laughs) hi Darren who are you mate yeah and
1: that um that, that made Darren Bent smile but Ian Wright what what a hero? I'm not often starstruck in in football, but seeing Ian Wright, I was a little bit starstruck. What a striker he was in the day, hey! And what and what a brilliant pundit he's been on in in football. Yeah, um, he's got an aura, though. isn't he? There's Absolutely. an aura about him. Yeah, he was, and it, we we heard some nice little anecdotes sort of during the game in the first half. He started talking about um, his experience of playing in games against lower league opposition, and I, I don't know what game this would have been in, but he talked about Paul Gascoigne whenever he played against lower-level opposition like that, his mission would just be to tire them out. And so he would, whoever was man-marking him, he would just run to all four corners of the pitch and just make this player follow them. He'd follow him to one corner flag, then the other corner flag, and just just nat- literally knacker him out so that the fitness kind of shone through. So, um, yeah, all in all, it was um, a really nice occasion. The first thing we saw when we walked in was the guy you might have seen on on Ross's game day video, who had a uh, half and half face? Uh, yeah, a, a follically challenged gentleman, much like myself, had his, his entire head painted in black and black and red. If you looked at him side on, he looked like Darth Maul from Star Wars. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just uh, it was just, yeah, just, it just felt like prop, proper football, and it was a reminder of how precious the English football pyramid is. Hmm. I think, and that and the whole. <clears throat> The whole pyramid all the way down is so important to sort of the lifeblood of English football. Super.
0: I interviewed Darth Maul once. That's a story for another day. What? Shall, we, shall we move on to the to the game? No. No. <laughs> can, can, it,
2: not... can it be a story for now?
0: Well, yeah, I interviewed Darth Maul once. That's the story. Why? Uh, he was um he was in Berry at a kind of a fan event. And being as I was a young reporter working for the Brave Free Press, I was duly dispatched to meet said superstar um, and do the classic local newspaper reporter questioning. Do you like Barry? What do you make of Barry? It's lovely here, isn't it? Do you <laughs> like stuff? That kind of stuff. Um, was, so, he yeah. like, no, in, no, was he dressed like... up? No, no. No, very disappointing that he wasn't. He was, he, oh. he was very, very normal and incredibly nice and down to earth, as these people always are. Um, I got him to sign a, a poster for my nephew, who's a big Star Wars fan. Um, so I interviewed Darth Maul, and my wife has interviewed Darth Vader. So there you go. A claim to fame between the two of us.
2: Did he like anyway. Berry?
0: Uh of course he liked Berry, yeah. He said he loved it. And
2: he'd definitely be coming back. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he has. It's a yeah. great eateries in Berry. He'll have he have loved that.
0: I'm sure he's been back many times. Yeah, the jewel in, in Suffolk's Crown. Right then, friends, let's talk about the football, shall we? Um, we've done 20 minutes or so on the occasion, which was great. The football, uh, when it came, the first half was, was quite scrappy. Um, as town endeavoured to to tire out Bracknell. I must say, by the way, Bracknell. Well, play Bracknell. They really run themselves into the ground, didn't they? They gave it all on the night. Fantastic stuff. Um, and Mike, when, when I spoke to you about the game earlier, you said it's exactly what you expected. When a when a, a kind of top tier football league side or league one side in this case face a non league side, you often get this sort of game.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was, it, it went as I expected to be honest. Um, Ipswich Town were always going to come out and try and play football, keep possession, wear them out. But uh, someone who's watched a lot of non league. Uh, non league teams are always going to come at you the first half an hour particularly they're going to be wound up into a frenzy and they're going to come and they're not going to let you just pass the ball around at the back and try and roll it out from the keeper and do all the stuff you want to do I, I, I thought we might play a bit more long ball first half to be honest um, and just try and turn uh, at Bracknell a bit more but they didn't they kept and that's probably what got a bit frustrating because Bracknell were really you know, really up for it, and we're chasing and harrowing everything. It was never going to last, of course, and that's why the the, the pro team, the, the you know, the pro club comes through. But and it just did excellent. You know, I that very professional performance, and it worked out. But at half time, you sort of nil nil, you're like, gosh. But it was nothing more than just just. I'll talk about Burton later on. Just going, Burton need a market, and I've seen so many. I remember going to Haybridge, Bristol City. I've been to see. I've seen Layston play FA Cup match against clubs. You know, and. And, and league clubs come and watch one of players if it's a league game and hold on to the ball and knock it about. And, and non-league clubs are not going to let you do that. They are, Non-league players are not going to let you do that. They're going to charge and run around. And, of course, eventually get completely knackered. But at least, um, yeah, it's good. But I, I, I enjoyed the game. I thought it just had it really well. Nice to actually watch a game. Well, I didn't actually think you know, a game like that, which could have been a bit slippery. And I never thought it was just time i going to lose. Not at one mm-hmm. point in the whole game that I ever think it was going to lose this game. I can't say that about the Lincoln game, and I couldn't say about the Barrow game, but I could easily say. And bear in mind, Ipswich are away from home, so I went. I mean, at home, I would never expect them to lose anyway. But yeah, it could have been tricky, but it never felt tricky. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's
2: because he picked the perfect team. I think. I think yes. they absolutely nailed the team selection. Um, that that was the a few different personnel, obviously, but it, that, that's the kind of the kind of team that I wanted Ipswich to pick, um, and. They they nailed. I think they nailed how they handled the occasion. They they didn't panic in the. the Upsets happen when when the league team panic, don't they? When they're made to panic, and and Ipswich didn't. They they were given opportunities to panic, but they didn't. They didn't take that chance to panic, and um, I think they just handled everything that came at them as part of this game perfectly, um, and and got the result that I think we all deep down, despite. The ghosts of FA Cup Christmas past. Deep down,
1: we all knew they would get, um, and and it came in the end. There, there does need to be a bit of context here in terms of Bracknell and Lincoln. We talk about the ghosts of the past. Lincoln were were an upwardly mobile National League side. We're now talk, this this Bracknell team is two divisions below what Lincoln were then. Um so it's a it's a lesser opposition when we talk about the upsets that Ipswich have suffered in the past, and, and and Ipswich are in a far better place than they were when they tripped up in in those previous games. So it was always highly highly unlikely in this game that um, that anything was going to happen. Um, the one concern was probably the set pieces and high balls into the box, a bit of a swirling wind. Um, Bracknell, by all accounts, set pieces are, are one of their stronger points, and they they certainly whipped in some good in in swingers into the box. So um, for Ipswich to kind of repel those quite comfortably and a few long throws into the box and see out that clean sheet, I think was probably one of the biggest positives of last night. Off the back of uh, the goals conceded against Port Vale and Charlton and the nature of those, so um, I'm sure they'll they'll take a lot from from the clean sheet as much as the the goals that they scored and.
3: I'll tell you one thing what I did think was uh, interesting and important was that when you play a non-league side, they're gonna get at you and they're gonna they're gonna make it as physical as they can. You know, there's gonna be miss time tackles and all sorts. And I thought Carl Edwards was so brave in his play, he often took players on, even though he knew he was gonna get clattered most of the time, and more times not, he was gonna get clattered. And Carl Edwards took players on one after the other. I mean, and I thought he was outstanding. I thought the way he had you know, he, he attacked players who he knew. We're basically going to we're going to chop him down. Is that that's because he was just too good for them? You know, but he was going mm. to always give it a go, get free kicks, have goes things. Like that's the sort of person you need in your team. Going back to team selection, and Andy's absolutely spot on, of course. With the you know, with with um, Keo and Burge at the back for a start. You know, and then and then Edwards up front, just run at him and just win those free kicks.
2: But but that's the danger, Mike, isn't it? If you if they had if they had gone gone for the kind of complete rotation of, uh, it's, it's a bit difficult to talk about this with Ipswich because there's, there's an element of kind of rotation that we see with certain areas of the pitch anyway. But if the danger would have been, if you'd picked a, 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 an 11 of undercooked players, which we've seen in previous, previous managers would, would have done undercooked players, you don't then have a, a brave Kyle Edwards. You'd, you'd have brought in a Kyle Edwards that hasn't been playing and yeah. You wouldn't get that from these from these players, but I think but all of them had a reason to be on the pitch that night. And and the reason wasn't because oh these these guys just need a game. Um mm. other yeah. than the goalkeeper. Which in the past, a... when
1: it's 10 11 changes, it's felt probably like a punishment to those players. Very mm. clearly you are our reserve slash backup team, and we're just chucking you some minutes here. But it's like that team wouldn't have looked out of place in, in a league game. And mm. um Mike Turbot on game day you know, made a really good point that there isn't a kind of a first team there. Yes, there is a core of seven or eight players who are playing most weeks, but I don't feel like there's a sense amongst these players that there's a first team and a bunch of fringe players. He's, McKenna's quite ke- uh, cleverly sort of made everyone feel involved and proper first team players. And those that were picked last night will have seen it as an opportunity rather rather than a punishment, I think, Um so that was good,
3: and very much picking Sam Morsey. I mean, you could easily have rested Sam Morsey. You could have had Ball and dropped Humphreys back a bit and played Chaplin perhaps or Harness, and he played Morsey. And Morsey, we've all seen how important Morsey is. He's an absolute. He, 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 he's the pinnacle of that team. You know, they all look to him. He looks, you know. And so you put him on the team list. So when McKenna's reading a team list or puts it up, and there's Sam. Morsi. So Sam Morsey's good enough to play. And the rest mm. of them look around and think, well, if Sam Morsey's it, you know, you know, this is, this is, you know, I'm not saying we will never have been seriously unplayed, but mm. I thought that's a big decision and a right decision.
0: I guarantee you as well, Sam Morsey would have wanted to play. Yeah. He's that sort of character, isn't
2: he? I think they all want to play, like yeah. genuinely, genuinely. And, that, and that's, that's the great thing about this, this squad. They haven't achieved anything yet. Of course they haven't, but they've it's a proper it's a proper team like you they, they there's a really good group of people and good group of players here at ipswich he's obviously very important to that sab morsey but i think i think they would all have wanted to play i'm sure christian walton wouldn't was was itching to play in that game he'll have understood that it was it was ladky's very opportunity for him but they'd have all wanted to play in this in this game yeah. i'm sure of yeah. it and look at the first two subs off the bench wes burns and connor chaplin yeah. not particularly not particularly fair on, on no. bracknell but um <laughs> But, but that, that's how Ipswich treated this.
3: But this is how McKenna's treating things, isn't it? Previous managers have, have had exactly that same opportunity to do exactly what McKenna did last night and haven't done it. As Stu said, they've gone with these 10-11 changes and felt like, and yeah, they probably have gone out that pitch thinking, well, we're just like the reserves, really, because hmm. come, on, come Saturday, eight of six of us will be on the bench and five of us monitoring. You know, McKenna has created this. He's created this situation where, as Stu said, everyone feels, and both of you said, they, they feel important. Everyone feels mm. important and that's that's breed success.
0: Mm. Great point from Stewie. What, what did you make then of the players who actually played boys? You talked about Carl Edwards, Kane-Vincent Young was, I thought, deservedly man of the match. He looked really lively on the left.
1: What, what did you make of the display from the players who were on the pitch, Stewie? Uh, big individual takeaways for me were Kane-Vincent Young, who obviously got man of the match. I think getting him up to speed is really important, especially with... Uh, Greg Lee being out at the moment. Leif Davis is being asked to play a real high intensity position, ninety minutes week after week, and um, there's a fear that that will catch up on him. So having Kane Vincent, and you could say the same of Janoi Inasi at right back as well. Who's played every started every league game so far. So Kane's versatility, versatility and dynamism. Um, I think having having that on show last night was, was a real big plus. Cameron Humphreys. Just outstanding again. What mm. what what a talent we've said enough about him, but just, just such an old head on young shoulders. I thought, you know, he had a hand, I think, in all three goals in terms of the build-up, but the third goal in particular. Um, Ipswich had just defended a, a set piece into the box and he shows great strength to to win the ball back on the t- on the touchline. He then shows Great footwork to, to get himself out of a tight spot. He then shows great vision and technique to pick out the pass in, in midfield. He, he just looks a, a real player. Um, so those, those two, I would say, in terms of individuals, kind of jump, jumped off the page for me in terms of um, man of the match contenders.
0: Yeah, Humphreys is a good one, isn't he? He'd normally be worried about playing a, a young player, especially quite a slight built young player. In a game like that, but I thought he was, he was tremendous, as you say, an old head on on young shoulders. Hutch, anyone else stand out for you with
2: Humphreys? That, that's again, I think a big plus of play is playing with Morsey. He's not, mm. I think, if if a full rotation could potentially have meant Cameron Humphreys, nineteen years old, playing next to a, a half fit Panucci Kamara from the start of the game, for example, and then that's another example of asking for trouble, inviting trouble, and then having to deal with it. But by playing Humphreys with Morsey and, and Don Ball, indeed, um, the se- senior players in there, you're, you're giving you're giving him the environment to push up to, and and and, and that's so important for young players. It, I, I question kind of some loans potentially young players getting sent out on loan to lower levels. That are, are you just actually bringing their ceiling down to the level that you have sent them to play at? Whereas Humphreys is with Ipswich. And you're raising him up. He's playing with mm. Borsey. It's a proper, proper midfield, um, and that's that's massive. I think, and, and just a, 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 again, just the selection was was nailed, and it allowed Humphreys to to play like that.
1: Mm.
0: Um, anything else from a town point of view? Because I do want to reflect, just briefly, spend a minute talking about Bracknell, because I think we've all got a bit of a soft spot for Bracknell after having Kane and, and Carl on on the show, and I think it would be remiss of us not to. Have a little chat about what you like from them. So, Stuart, it sounds like you've got something to say.
1: At Freddy Ledapo scoring again. I thought well done for him for, for keeping his head up during that. He had three big chances that, that came and went Two towards the end of the first half. A one-on-one saved in the second half. But good strikers keep going, keep making those runs, keep working hard for the team. I thought some of his link-up play was really good. And he got his rewards with a, with another good run and a, a close-range finish. I think that's four goals in three games for him now. He's on eight for the season. And he looks to me, again, yes, people say some of these goals have came against in the Papa John's Trophy and against Bracknell. But um, he looks like he's learning the way McKenna wants, learning McKenna ball now. And he looks like someone who's getting to grips with this lone striker role and um, was pleased to see him get his rewards with the goal and I was pleased to see Panucci Kamara score and the the reaction to that, that reminded me very much of when Carl Edwards scored the two goals against Cambridge, when Cameron Humphries scored at Port Vale. You can just see how pleased his his teammates were. I mean, when Kamara signed, I looked back and did a bit of a profile piece on him. His former manager at Plymouth, Ryan Lowe, talked about him having a heart of gold and big smile on his face much like Kyle Edwards and he looks like um the the Ipswich players have really taken to him so um that team unity is just so clear and squad unity that we've we've talked about at Ipswich all really rooting for each other um really classy moment from Richard Keogh at the end going into Mm. the Bracknell dressing room and and having a word with them 36 year old defender who's been there done it played in in international tournaments and still taking the time to do that again, I thought that was a marker of the sort of the, the culture of humility and respect that that Ashton and McKenna and Co have kind of um, got running running through the club at the moment. So lo- lots of nice little things to to take away from last night. Yes, it was Bracknell, but um, but yeah, all, all in all, a very good night's work I think on and off the pitch.
0: Mm, yeah, Keo and, and Burgess being able to bring them in for a game like this, what you can ask for, for much better. Could Burgess
1: you? was great, by the way. I mean, he's back playing with a mask with 30-odd mm. screws in his face, which was only, what, you know, less than two months ago or whatever. I thought he had a really good game at, at centre-half as well. That, you know, um, that, that was another big plus.
0: Shall we talk just briefly about Bracknell then, boys? Because I say, I, I feel like, and I know quite a few town fans have got a bit of a, a soft spot for them now. And I thought they played really well as a unit. Yes, they didn't. Score and obviously they didn't get the result, but I think in terms of what they would be pleased with this morning, I think they can be very pleased with their display. I was particularly impressed with their keeper, it was it ECOT? Um, and the striker Esprit looked pretty lively until he came off quite early. Um, Mike, is there any, anyone you were particularly impressed with?
3: Well, no, I mean, I think the, the I mean, again, going back to non league side playing a league side, one thing they want to come off at, after 90 minutes is to know that they've. They've done okay. They've done well. They haven't let themselves down because that'll be the one. They're not ex- they weren't, Bracknell weren't expected to win. Let's be honest. From, from, as soon as they kicked off, they weren't expected to win. But they came off that pitch. They've given Ipswich Town a proper game, a decent mm. game of football. And that's all they, and a good, a, a strong Ipswich team as well, a decent Ipswich team. It wasn't a, a team full of kids. So yeah, I thought the goalie did, but I thought the goalie was great. Made some great saves, typical, you know, sticking his feet out, hands out, anything out just to stop anything, pulled his hamstring or damaged his hamstring, carried on playing, you know, and, and just, but that was a typical non-league display and not lock, not lacking quality either. Not, not Let's not no. belittle non-league. I never, you know, far too many people belittle non-league. And I've been watching it for 20 plus years. There's lots of good players down there, who, you know, who who haven't been overnight in a hotel before kickoff. They've been working that day before kickoff, you know. And, and Bracknell did themselves, they did themselves proud. Obviously, I wasn't there but the occasions from the boys here. sounds absolutely fantastic, well-organized. And on that pitch, you know, it's nil-nil at half time for goodness sake you know, they they couldn't have, their managers wouldn't have asked for any more than that. They don't seriously expect to be Itchich 4-0, but they can come off with their heads held high, I thought they played some nice football at times. They worked hard and yeah, great. Had, Good for them. We had
1: the Carl Withers, the joint manager on, didn't we, on the podcast and he talked about just wanting to come away with no regrets. And I mm, think yeah. that ultimately that, that is, that is it. They'll feel like they left everything out there. They can hold their heads high. Yes. Ultimately the, the greater fitness and quality showed, but um as, as an evening, as a performance, as an occasion, I don't think um, they could have done much more, Bracknell.
0: Yeah, um, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on Bracknell scores going forward. be nice to keep that little connection between the sides going, maybe a pre-season friendly or two going forward. Hutchie, in terms of going forward, we're going forward now into the second round of the FA Cup at Portman Road against another non-league side, a step up to the National League North. Buxton, the mighty Bucks. Of the National League North, um, and an old friend will be coming back to Portman Road.
2: Yeah, Tommy Miller's the assistant manager of Buxton, and uh, he'll love he'll love that he was at Portman Road recently. Recently for the uh, the game with Derby, um, I probably wasn't expecting to be in a dugout at Portman Road within a month of that, but he will. But he will be um, for a game that look. If we're being frank about it, it's a game which you ninety nine times out of a hundred you'd, you'd hope they'd win it, and and if they do, it's round three. They won't take it lightly. I'm sure they'll they'll prepare for it, as they prepare for anybody. But y- you have to sit here now, expecting Ipswich Town to be in in round three of the FA of the FA Cup with a home with a home tie against a National League North team.
0: Mm-hmm. And in that respect, you kind of feel again like this season is going the right way. In previous years, you've had draws against the likes of Oldham and Barrow, and really boring FA Cup games that are horrible to play. It's a kind of a no win situation, and they go out. But now they've got a, a path into that third round, Stewie.
1: You're right about the, some things, just feel like they're falling into place this season. Little mm. things, but all that all add up. Like Ipswich have got some, uh, you know, a decent chunk of their travel out the way in, in the <clears> league <throat> games. Their schedule's not too bad over Christmas. The midweek games have fallen okay. The cup draws have been okay so far. And it just starts to feel like it all adds to this feeling that this year could be the one. But yeah, Ipswich haven't made it to round three since dropping into League One. Um, it, last night was great, but it is a little reminder of where Ipswich are at as a football club still and, you know, where they've got to get back to. With the greatest respect, last night was fun, but we don't want Ipswich Town facing teams from step three of non-league. It's a reminder mm. of, you know, where where this club has fallen to. So, yeah, getting into, you know, big chance to get through to round three. You know that McKenna's not going to take this this lightly, this next game. Every chance it could be on TV again. I've had a look at some of the, the, the ties. There's not huge numbers that are jumping off the page in terms of excitement. But, you know, being at home lessens, I think the chance of, of an upset. Ipswich squad is, is strong enough to, to rotate and do whatever to get through this game. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And um Let's see who they could get in, in round three because I think, you know, a championship club would be great, just a, a, a real tester. I think Wes Burns was saying this to Andy last night just to see just how far they've come under Kieran McKenna now, how ready they would be potentially for promotion if they got a championship club or even or even a Premier League team away from home and, and just and enjoying that as an occasion and seeing what you can get out of it. So, Yeah. This
0: is a season, Stewie. Everton away, third round. It's going to happen. It's going to finally happen for you, um, and you deserve it. Um, in terms of good omens, as we as we draw a line under the FA Cup chat, last time Ipswich Town won a live FA Cup game, live on TV. Do you know when that was? The final. It was the final. Was it? <laughs> Yeah, so McKenna is just the second, is Is the last manager to win live on TV was Bobby Robson. So McKenna is the second Ipswich Town manager to, to win a live FA Cup game on TV, which is pretty remarkable, isn't it? Um, Mike, we've talked about Ipswich Town in the FA Cup. Before we move on, I want to talk about something that you experienced on Saturday, also FA Cup linked. You went for a Burton. You're at Burton, Needham Market there. i basically got you on, so I can ask you just how good Ross Crane was for Needham Market <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was uh, talk to us about that, that experience then?
3: Oh, uh, gone for Burton Heath he, yeah, it's priceless. Um, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, um, it was uh, well, it was but, but well, we've all been to Burton before, so Burton Burton versus Needham Market. Um, the, you know, this the, the same thing as Bracknell versus Ipswich Town, but flipped the other way around. So it was that the, the non league team away at the League One team. Um, it was tough for Needham Market, but just like Bracknell fans and Bracknell manager and chairman, everyone will wake up this morning and say. Mm-hmm. You know, we did all right against Ipswich. We gave them at Needham exactly the same at Burton. Did exactly the same. One nil down after about 35 minutes. Held them. Burton, Burton had a lot more of the ball than um, uh, in the first half. That Ipswich had the first half against Bracknell. They were the home side. That's why Burton were completely bossing it. They took the lead after 34 minutes. And then Needham just, just worked so hard and held them and held them. And bizarrely, in the last 10 minutes, they had two or three half chances to equalise. And I mean, a couple of them were really good half chances, which would... um, Kevin Horlott, of course, formerly of Ipswich Town Parish, um, their manager, um, said afterwards he was trying to kick them in the net himself, you know. And it was... And then they went up the other end and got a second right the last last kick of the game, Burton. Um, But look... Great a great day out for the Needham fans, made a lot of noise, sung lots of rude it's a rude football chants like they do. They never do in non-league, but as soon as they get to a league ground, they start effing and jeffing. Um, but they, you never hear it at the Bloomfields, but there you go. That's, so that's how it all sort of... But they were great. saying that joke apart, the, the fans were absolutely brilliant. Um, and, yeah, good for Needham Market. Great FA Cup run. Nice to see. Um, and, how, um, and, how, and how good was Ross Crane? Crane, <laughs> Crane, Crane had a good day. <laughs> oh, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. I didn't do match ratings, but no, he did. They all did fine. Great Ross Crane was excellent. Um, they all uh, Marcus Garn was outstanding the goalkeeper. Yeah. And now I know Marcus very well, and he's actually been on our pods before, and he won't mind me mm. saying he always gets to take the Mickey out for yeah, yeah, you fat you know this that, and the other from the way fans. Um, uh, but Marcus. And he, he took all that. He, loved, well, he loves it. He loves it. He encouraged I mean, to the goal. He turned around, and want to give it some more, you know. Um, but he makes some brilliant saves. I mean, yeah, some really good saves. He's a really good keeper, uh, isn't he? He's a top keeper. And, yeah. and and Needham did well. And Ross Crane, like the rest of them, was excellent.
2: How many fans did Needham take in that in that took, away end?
3: I think they took out four. They're actually in the side. They're, they were next to the press box. Press box where the oh, okay. press box was to the right was where they all sat. Um About four, three or four hundred, or four hundred of them, I suppose. And they made like they they were brilliant. They made lots of noise. They didn't stop. Probably because I was sitting quite close to them, I heard them. But they were certainly, you know, I I just love it when they start singing songs that you'd hear at like league grounds that they never sing at non-league grounds. You know, where but this is an s-hole. You know, we want to go home. That sort of thing. I never sing that when when Hendersford come to 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 (laughs) Bluefield. They get into the they get into the atmosphere of the league, but they were excellent fans. Um, didn't stop supporting Needham from start to finish.
1: So. It's a good point about ne- Needham. Um Ipswich fans who have really enjoyed and fallen in love a little bit with Bracknell. You've got some top non-league clubs on your doorstep, like Needham, yeah. a similar level of football, good facilities. Uh, Ipswich fans really enjoyed their pre-season day out at Needham back in, in the summer. So if you can't get to all the away games, you've got a really strong non-league scene on your doorstep in, in this region. I think most people know that, but... Mm. um, yeah, maybe that will uh, light a fire with with one or two that might start taking in the odd, the odd non-league game in, in Suffolk.
0: Good shouts to you, him, of course, at exactly the same level as Bracknell. And plenty of town links. You've got Horlock, you've got the Crane Train, clearly. Kieran Morphew, uh, Byron Lawrence when he's back, Needham player, obviously Leicester as well, at, at the same level. So there are options there. Um, right then, friends, shall we move on to something a bit different from the FA Cup to another cup? The World Cup which is complete nonsense shouldn't be happening in Qatar shouldn't be happening this time of year but anyway it is happening i won't i won't go off on one um and Hutchie, we may have an Ipswich town player there the uh, the well manicured well maned wes burns finds out tomorrow if he's going to be part of the welsh
2: side yeah he has no idea how he will find out or when <laughs> um and he certainly has says he has no idea at this point whether he's in or not but he um yep yeah. Seven o'clock tomorrow night. Wes on BBC One or S4C, and you will uh, you'll find out if you're in the World Cup. Though I imagine you you might um, you might get a nod before being mm. finding out live on live on TV. But yeah, it'd be a, be a big day for Wes um, when he was playing at Fleetwood Town before moving to Ipswich. I imagine the World Cup uh, was probably quite a long way from his. From his thought process, but he's obviously had a brilliant, brilliant first season at Ipswich, and really propelled himself forward in his career over the last eighteen months. And that could get capped with a, a call up to the to the Welsh squad uh, for for a really special tournament for Wales as well. It's been an awful long time, as we all know, mm. since since Wales went to the World Cup. So that would be massive for him um, if if he can get get himself into the twenty six man squad. How do we rate his chances, Hutchie? I'm afraid I'm not particularly fay okay with the uh, the Welsh football squad. Has he got a decent decent chance? He sounds like he's right right on the bubble, right on the fifty fifty bubble as to whether whether he gets in. Um, I think there's there's a an injury to to Norrington Davis from wait from Sheffield United, who can play left side centre back and left wing back, and actually Wes has played a fair amount of his football on the left side for Wales. And the fact that norrington Davis is the only other left um wing back option that Wales had means that he that Wes could be going as the kind of the backup left wing back and mm-hmm. that that would be his route his route into the squad, but it really does sound like cut kind of right on the
1: right on the edge for him proper proper last minute Has anyone pool. ever played at Bracknell Town and in the World Cup within the space <laughs> of of the same month?
0: This is why you earn the big that's money. Unlikely. Brilliant
1: question. Brilliant question. This is why this you earn the big amazing. money, Watson?
0: There's some there's some Wait, stats for you.
2: He'd get the big money if he could answer the question. Yeah, true. <laughs> <I> quite confidently <laughs> probably say no. <laughs> didn't didn't um didn't the Brazilian Ronaldo play do that once in the in the summer of ninety eight? I think Brazil played a warm up game at Bracknell, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you're not sure, are you Watto?
0: You're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> right then. Um, so that's tomorrow. Was it seven o'clock you say? That comes out. So Hutchie, yeah, Wednesday?
2: sounds like it. Live from Robert Page's hometown in uh, in Wales.
0: Look forward to that. We'll find out then as as will tomorrow. Um and one final cut before we move on, Hutchie. The, the big one, the one which doesn't have human rights issues, the milker Cup. Um up, we've got some some, some latest some latest results, haven't we? Just to bring bring the fans. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for, for all you all you Milka fans out there, um, you, I've got some. Uh, some too loud. It always goes too loud on here when you play it. Um, I can bring you the, the qualifying round results now. So these these teams are all in the group stage, which is now to be drawn soon with along with Ipswich. So I'm going to flash them up here, and I'll read out the qualifiers for you. Uh, you got Hammerby of Sweden, Hapoel Haifa of Israel. Uh, St. Pat's Athletic from the Republic of Ireland, Spartak Czernovana of Slovakia, Budoknost, Montenegro, um, Tre Fiori, of San Marino are through. Levski, Sofia, a big team in this competition, actually. I've beaten your Red Imps, I'm afraid, Mark, and progressed through to the group stage. Rakov, Czesk, Mike, who you were, I imagine you might have a bit of an affinity with them. Big Speedway towns, Chester Hove. I've, I've,
3: I've been to Chester Cove, Speedway. Yeah,
2: go. and there we are. They're, they're now in the group stage of the Milker Cup. Brilliant. Uh, along with Benfica under-19s are out. Kieras of Turkey are through. Uh, B36 Torshavan of the Faroe Islands. Uh, FK Hagelman of Lithuania. Sadly the new Saints of Wales are out. USV Eschen Muren of Liechtenstein. Rieka uh, Rijeka from Croatia. Zira FC of Azerbaijan. Yeah, that is Azerbaijan. <laughs> not Kazakhstan. <laughs> um KUPS of Finland and Viking or uh, up the Vikings of Iceland. In. They're in the they're in the group stage. So uh that's to be drawn in the in the coming weeks. And Ipswich will find out there. We'll find out their group. Their oh group come soon. on!
0: It's got to be Vikinger against Town. Come on! And Vikinger didn't just go through, Hutchie. They absolutely smashed
2: yeah, their way into the into the next they're round. They're on there. form. Gunnison is Gunnison is on oh, fire for them at the moment. What a player! What a player he is.
0: Uh, and while we mentioned Milka,
2: Hutchie, you had a, you had a special gift via airmail, did you not this week? Yeah, I went to. Yeah, this was weird. I went and collected the car. Uh, from our office yesterday, and I walked in, and, and Clarissa, one of our sort of heads of news at, here, um, just told me that you've got a package. Now, I, I assume—I'll be honest—I assumed it was going to be some kind of manscaping equipment because <laughs> um, that seems to turn up every every three to six months. I mm. haven't um, had a new and inventive way to shave myself turn <laughs> up it for for a little while, um, and it was an air air packet, uh, air mail package from the United States. Of um, Milka, beautiful. Can
0: can you not buy Milka in this country? Oh, you can.
2: Oh, you can. If you don't, if you don't live in this country, you, you might struggle to buy it. You, it's, it's 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 a big Euro Euro choc, I'd call it the uh, the iconic Euro chock. But I've got I know who it's from as well. It's from Daryl, our old friend, friend of the show number one, Daryl, who has delivered. um it turns out he's working for milker as like in, mar- in marketing and he's been part of the sponsorship deal that set it up um but yeah this arrived and they're very tasty and um there's four four little flavors of milker in there and they're all they're all very nice
0: well save them actually obviously they're all for, they're for us and we've got a road trip coming up next week so uh, uh
2: addressed to me so <laughs> we'll see I've got um, to say,
0: Daryl messaged me to say he'd sent a package addressed to you. Make sure Hutchie gets it. He said, I "Want to keep morale up?" And I felt quite jealous and left out when he said. I said, "You you're just worried about Hutchie then? What's what's going on? You're obviously a, you're obviously his favourite, Hutchy."
2: Wow, it's what it is, isn't it? So, it is. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's all commercial stuff. Also, I just Daryl has come up with a really good idea for the Papa Johns as well. Um, oh, is this the flag thing? Yeah, the corner yeah. flags need to be painted as slices of pizza. Pe- the court, the corner quadrants need to be pizza slices.
0: What what pizza?
2: Just normal. Margarita <laughs> pizza, just plain. Don't, don't mess about with toppings.
1: Just but I don't for... I don't think that will instantly be recognizable as pizza though. I think if you go with pepperoni that be pepperoni, yeah. That looks like pizza then. Do you reckon? Yeah. You could you could extend it further. I think you
2: could extend it further. Is there's a suggestion that maybe you know how like in the Champions League they have the big Champions League ball that covers the center circle, um, that's got pizza written same. all over. It's yeah. got pizza written all over it. Easy. Um, then he's also thought the D on the edge of the penalty box. So it's a, a calzone. It's is just just options galore that Papa John's are just not leaning into. Like what what why have they sponsored this competition? Not taking seriously. they've got got so many things they could do, and they just, they just don't, they just don't bother.
0: Do you know what? um, Do you know what we made at the weekend, boys? A slight digression while we're talking about pizza in a terribly middle class sort of way, with our pizza oven, we made uh, two blonde pizzas. We had a bacon, sage, and apple pizza, which was absolutely tremendous. Basically, like a sausage roll on a pizza, Uh, and we also had one of our favourites, which is shredded Brussels sprouts with garlic and lemon oil. Drizzled on top, absolute winner. There you go, Mike. I can see you. I've never seen that. that. I've
3: never seen that on a menu. Brussels sprouts, and I've never a <clears> pizza <throat> shop I've gone in. I've never seen a. Brussels you've never, flower.
0: you've never, you've never dined at Heath Towers. What's no, blonde pizza, pizza. No tomato sauce, old friend.
1: Okay, blonde. It Sounds utterly awful from start to oh. finish. Well, it, it's not. Yeah.
0: It's, a, it's an absolute delight, and if you if you're slightly more <laughs> civilized, you'd realise that.
2: Anyway, I'm not into it. I'm not into messing around with your sauce on a pizza. A really good quality tomato sauce is all, is all I want. Watson messes about with sauce. Look at him. He, <laughs> you, you look like he's a he look like he's an upstanding member of society, but he's a he's a bit of a
1: deviant when it comes to pizza sauces. Is I do like right? a barbecue base, Ooh. but I I do want I do want some sauce. I don't want. I don't want a plain pizza, and that is what we're describing here. Don't call it a blonde pizza. Call it a plain pizza. It sounds like dough. It's got cheese. It's got on. cheese
2: on it. It's cheesy. They do kind of like sauces with almost like a bechamel on i've seen people you do that for a pizza i'm not up for that either let's
0: let's let's open our minds shall we to the the bounty that's out there things you can put on pizza that's the beauty of pizza it's literally utility it can be savory it can be sweet it can be all manner of things it doesn't just have to have tomato sauce on with a bit of pepperoni
3: sounds dry Chuffy, Ch- <laughs> Chuffy, Chuffy wouldn't have any. We don't have any of this. I mean, I, you, you don't know who Chuffy is, but I'm telling you, Chuffy would be horrified with this conversation. Quite frankly, he really would. We need to Ch- explain who Chuffy is. Yeah, don't. We? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you who he is. No, you'll have to look him up. Chuffy, Spain. So we got to do. Chuffy, Spain. Look him what, up.
0: Um, what's what's uh, what's Chuffy? What's Chuffy putting on a
3: pizza? Chuffy puts everything on a pizza. but He wouldn't put Brussels sprouts. I will tell you that right now. No, no. way.
0: He's got, he's got no culture, the lad Chuffy, as his name suggests.
2: Chuffy sounds like he might be the kind of bloke that does a very very thick bass. Is he going quite thick on his bass? No, not too bad. Not too no? bad. For, no, former Argentinian footballer. So there you go. There's
3: a bit of a football link here. Oh, Chuffy. Oh, Chuffy.
0: <laughs> Number eight. 78 side. Right, uh. <laughs> yeah. Right then, friends. Um, Mike's just mentioned they're searching for Chuffy Spain, which leads us on perfectly to our sponsor. Ginger pickle. Social media marketing. Ginger pickle. Get the badge in, boys. I you're not wearing your sponsored gear today. I'm the only shameless one doing so. Uh, we launched it last one. week. You haven't got one, no. We didn't think you'd wear one, Mike. Um, and oh. also Tony Southgate actually left you out. So there we go. Burn. Sorry to break, sorry to break it to you. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but yeah ginger pickle our our new sponsor we talked about them last week we launched a competition you can win tickets to the fleetwood game on december the 2nd two pairs of tickets um go and check out our twitter and instagram accounts for how to do that essentially you have to share a post and then tag someone you're taking usual sort of stuff um but two pairs of tickets up for grabs um and as part of the sponsorship um chat we had with tony mike um ginger pickle as i say digital marketing seo search engine optimization chuffy spain Google Ads, uh, social media marketing, and all sorts of training. Um, Tony asked us if if you, Mike, could um, talk about what you think Ginger Pickle might offer. SEO, what do you understand by SEO? We know that Tony is an expert in such things, and you are slightly less knowledgeable, shall we say. Mm. Um, What would you say about, about SEO and digital marketing? You like the sound of it?
3: Love it i said search engine optimization you're talking about aren't you that's what yeah. it's all about so if you want to search for something like i want my pickle and i want it ginger you put <laughs> that in google ginger pickle will come up at the top because tony will have made sure ginger pickle is at the top bit like mike bacon ipswich witches always at the top of everything Stuart Watson, <laughs> ipswich Town, top of everything ginger pickle it's right up there just google ginger pickle and you will see what this man can do, what they do, and how they do it.
0: And it's superb
3: every time.
0: If you want your pickle ginger, just search for that. I'm hoping the boy the boys look like they're searching for something. I'm hoping they're either searching for chuffy yeah. and
1: Spain. I think
2: I, we're both doing the same thing, aren't we, Stu?
1: <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, I've Googled chuffy Spain and <laughs> the phrase that Mike just used as well. Oh, about wanting is pickled gingered that one oh, was a bit bit of trepidation when i put that yeah. one into google <laughs> but it's scale. fine it's yeah. just recipes how to how to pickle ginger oh,
0: yeah. Pickle ginger is good actually to be fair i've
1: I got, got a jar on, of it downstairs on a yeah fantastic stuff so, so i like sushi. the logo it's, i
0: like the logo
3: the logo is cool isn't it i like the ginger pickle logo it's good it gets the bacon seal of approval yes absolutely um, so there you go
0: what was what was the strap line you just thought up on the
3: fly there mike What was it? If you want your pickled ginger, search Ginger Pickle.
0: There we go. Superb. Uh, All of which then just leaves us to discuss one more thing, boys, before we end the show today as we approach an hour of gold, which is, of course, news, friends, that myself, Andy and Mike are going to have to face a difficult decision coming up now. Do we, friends, start forking out for our blue ticks (laughs) on Twitter? Um, Stuart can finally get one if he's willing to pay for it. I've been to anyone now, Stu, so you're in. Um, but boys, do, do we, uh, we have to continue paying for our, uh, it's, what is it, eight quid a month, I think, for the, the blue tick to be official?
2: I think that might, I don't think that's something I'm going to be paying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Absolutely, <laughs>
3: absolutely no chance of paying no eight quid to but have people, a tick. People, like people are going to
2: know now, if you keep like, if you keep it, they're going to know that you're that vain. Yeah. <laughs> that you, yeah, that, that yeah. you, oh, you, he's paid eight quid for that. What a it's, ginger pickle.
0: It's one of, it's one of many, one of many bell end indicators that are out there in society, isn't it? If you've got a, like a, a personalized number plate, for example, that's a big yeah. indicator. Um, if you've got a blue tick from now on, once you have to start paying for it, that's, that'll be a big one. If you wear deck shoes with no socks, that's another one. Um, Oh. Oh, I could, I could go on, <laughs> um, boys. What do we, what do we feel about Twitter as a whole? Um, because clearly, there's, there's been a mass Exodus to Mastodon. Is that something you reckon we should be jumping on, Mike? Mastodon.
3: Well, it does sound extremely interesting, Master Don. I, I did actually read, I did read this somewhere the other day about this Master Don. I was going to Google it, but I thought I'd better not just in case I get myself in trouble and it's some sort of weird sort of word that I'm not supposed to look up. Um, what do I think of Twitter? I love Twitter. There's nothing I love more than putting something on like match ratings or speedway opinion or something like that just to be shot down as a complete and utter idiot who doesn't know anything that he's talking about, a complete knob. Why don't you get off and go and do something properly? So I love it. I I can't get enough i could tweet all day to be honest i love it so much it's absolutely brilliant and oh, i say so- i'd pay 160 dollars a month <laughs> to have my blue tick to be honest elon whatever your name is and i really would because I, I think it's absolutely wonderful so yes please
0: i'm sorry i'm sorry mike for sending you those tweets i shouldn't have done that um, oh it was it <laughs> yeah uh, and you will now probably find yourself suspended from twitter by the way because you criticized elon musk and that's what he's going doing going around banning everyone who's criticized him i did see did you see by the way he's saying that any account that's not clearly labeled as a parody account will also be suspended um, because it confuses people if only there was a way boys you could somehow (laughs) verify that it was the person actually behind the tweets wouldn't that be wonderful if you could if you could make sure it was this person they claimed they were there must be a way of doing that anyway i digress friends anything else to discuss we've covered a lot of ground we've gone from bracknell to burton to the World Cup, to the Milker Cup, to Mastodon, to Blue Ticks, to pizza, blonde or otherwise. And now we find ourselves here after an hour of red-hot chat and debate.
2: Anything else to discuss, boys? No other business from me.
1: I can't get my head around Brussels sprouts on a pizza with no (laughs) sauce. (laughs) Nor can I, Stu. Do you know what, Stu? (laughs) I was just about to say the same thing.
0: I work with such infidels. Try it, friends. Try it you basically got shredded you so it's shredded Brussels sprouts on a base of cheddar kind of mixed cheese cheddar mixed cheese and then you make an oil lemon and garlic oil and you drizzle it all over and it is absolutely wonderful one of the best Do you have salad way. cream with it god no who eats salad cream
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what would you salad, have salad, salad cream?
2: cream's terrible absolutely awful just just saying
0: Stu, you, you, open, open your horizons, widen your horizons on the pizza front. I'll get you a blonde pizza when we're in Manchester next week about the haven there. Okay. Deal. Mike, anything else? Anything else to mention on the pizza front or otherwise? No, no,
3: no nothing from me. How's your book going? Well, it's, it's Christmas, isn't it? I mean everybody oh! should be. <laughs> with, everybody should be, Ava- everybody should on be... now? putting their orders in now. I mean, I'll sign them. Yeah. I mean, Amazon on, uh, 38 sleeps. I keep telling you it's, it's it's there. It's going, it's, it's rising up the, um, it's rising up the thriller charts. It's now 451,826 in the thriller charts. So that's big.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Mike. My copy, my copy's been all over Europe with me. Has it Andy? Yeah. It's been to quite a few different countries. It's a well-traveled book, both from me reading it and, and my wife. 38 sleeps. Amazon. Is it Mike?
0: And you Amazon. will, you will literally, you will literally write anything in there for a small fee.
2: I will, I will,
3: I will sign. Do anything. Yeah, sign. I'll say whatever you like in the book uh, at the front of it. I'll, I'll put anything down.
0: Superb. There we go. What more could you say as you start looking towards Christmas? Get that right at the top of your Christmas list. Mm-hmm. Thirty-eight sleeps. Mike Bacon. Sequel coming
3: soon, I assume, Mike. Absolutely, it's on its way. Yeah, and there's no pizzas in it either.
0: Excellent. Superb. Thanks for joining us today, friends. I hope you enjoyed it. we covered a lot of ground. Um, We'll be back later on this week to build up towards Cheltenham, back in League One, at home. Seems like a little while since we've been at Portman Road. Um, Please remind us, obviously, to support our sponsors, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free DW. And also, if you want your pickled ginger, Google Ginger Pickle and get all your marketing needs covered, Mike. That's correct, isn't it? Correct. Uh, And also follow us across all social medias, Kings of Anglia on Mastodon, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and instagram and have a good start to the week and we'll be back later on to talk to you again speak then